Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. The plight of the left-handed golfer. Finally, Nick, we're going to have a podcast focused on people who stand on the other side of the golf ball. You must be thrilled. (sighs) Joe, just the fact that you said that. You came very close to violating one of my most important rules uh, that we're going to get to on this list. But I think you actually inspired this to actually put down on paper what sucks about being a left-handed golfer, what makes it hard, what are the things that nobody else even thinks about. I came up with eight, and uh, even since I published this, I've come up with some more. So thank you for inspiring this. Uh, we'll get the, get the conversation started, and if we need to revisit it down the road, we'll do that too. Let's say this is the first edition of the plight of the exactly. left-handed golfer. Yeah. Now, every Nick, every episode I start by saying hello, hello. Perhaps I should have said konnichiwa, konnichiwa, because this is the 29th most popular golf podcast in Japan. I checked the charts this week. For some reason, we've exploded in Japan. So thank you so much. I think it's Domo Arigato for listening to this podcast. We very much appreciate it. If you're in Japan, if you're in the U.S., if you're in France, please rate and review the podcast, Nick, for our friends in Japan. What do they have to do in that review in order to have a chance to win a box of Piper golf balls? Just tell us how many cuts Tiger Woods will make in calendar year 2023. That's it. You don't even have to be right. That's the best part. No, we're not going to fact check this later on after the fourth major is complete. No, just just let us know what you think. And thank you for enjoying the podcast. Nick, before we get to the plight of the left-handed golfer, as you're probably aware, I've been dipping my toe into golf betting every week. It's not going great so far. Fortunately, mm. did good enough in football to support my golf habit, at least for the first couple of months of 2023, until I get something right. But I wanted to bring this up. DraftKings, which is who the betting overlords have determined is legal in Oregon. It's associated with the Oregon Lottery. They have odds for golfers to finish in the top five or top 10 in all four majors. 
And there is one person in particular that I am considering putting my American dollars on. Now, before I reveal that, I'm curious, which, because you have, you, you, you and Gavin have done quite well so far, mm-hmm. predicting winners and staying alive in the survivor pool. Which golfer seems like they would be a good bet to finish, let's say, in the top 10 of all four majors in 2023? So I went about this and I'm thinking a lot of times I like to get, I think, I think it's, it's our instinct to get a little bit cute with the picks and be like, Ooh, maybe like a Joel Damon, he's up and coming. Ooh, Aaron Baddeley is making a comeback. He could do it. No, this is a consistency battle. This is whose worst major is still going to be a top 10. Like, no, like Joel Damon. I hope he wins a major. He had a great run at the U.S. Open nice last guy. year. He's he's from, you know, the region where I'm from. I think he's from Clarkson, Washington. All good stuff. Um, his worst major is probably a missed cut. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Um, so my first thought was three names. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and Colin Morikawa. After about 30 seconds of digesting that, I'm like, I love Rahm and I love Rory. I looked up Rory because I was like, that's my pick. Guess what he did last year, Joe? He finished in the top 10 of all four majors last year. He made, <laughs> what well, I wrote it down here. He made, oh, I can't read my handwriting. 87% of his cuts in his career. His floor is so high. Like a, a bad round for him, a bad tournament. All he needs is like, ah, one good round on Saturday, a good back nine on Sunday, and it's a backdoor top 10. Is that the guy you were thinking? It was not. You have identified the person I was thinking. I'm looking right now on my app. Colin Morikawa to finish top 10 in all four majors is 40 to 1. 40. 4 0 to 1 to finish so top if you 10 bet, in all four majors. So if you bet $1, they'll I give you a, a check for $40? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, 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 now, I, now, I love how that works. <laughs> I. I love how this works too. Now, to be clear, Colin has not done this once in his career, which is probably why. Yeah, most people haven't. (laughs) But Colin has had a very short career. He has won two major championships. In a year last year, that was considered a down year. He had two top five finishes in majors. He has scared this before in his career. Rom and Rory have, I mean, Rory is at plus 1,600. So he's 16 to one to finish top 10 in all four majors. John Rahm is not even on the board. Oh, yes, he is. He's also 16 to one. So those are the shortest odds. 16 to one for those two guys. Yeah, that, that even kind of sounds not too bad. I mean, I guess it doesn't take much to fall out of the top 10, for sure. But those guys are so consistent. Rahm and Rory, like, I bet if you put five or 10 bucks on each of those guys at 16 to one, like, that would be a profitable bet at the end of the day. Uh, all three of those combined, I, I love that. I, I well, love here's, that, Joe. Here's sort of my galaxy brain thing about it. I think Rom and Rory both have a really good chance to win a major this year. I don't know if Colin does because he's still finding his way back. And, of course, he blew that big lead at the Tournament of Champions, so that could be in his head. I think someone who doesn't win a major has an opportunity to be more consistent among the four majors. I think once you win a major... I mean, if it's the British, it's the last one, so it doesn't really make a difference. But say you win the PGA Championship, you're probably pretty mentally exhausted from winning a major, and perhaps you let up at the U.S. Open or the British later in the year, and you're like, well, I don't give a shit. I won a major this year. This is fantastic. 
But Colin seems like a guy who is going to contend, but not necessarily win. And also 40 to one. And what yeah. a what a great sweat having him over the course of the four majors. I can't believe that the next thing after we're done recording this podcast is me pushing Colin Morikawa and just putting 20 bucks on it and seeing what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Colin is he's he's known as the best iron player in golf. Like that's yeah. always going to be there. And his ultimately where he finishes on the leaderboard comes down to basically his putting, right? He's going to put the ball in play. He's he's going to hit a ton of greens. He's going to hit it close. Like, is he going to make putts? Is he going to save par on those few holes where he gets out of position? So it's not like, again, he's a high floor guy. Like there's only so bad you can finish when you're the one of the top three ball strikers in the field. Yeah, that's 100%. So when he, in, in 2021, he was T18 at the Masters, T8 at the PGA, T4 at the US Open, and he won the Open Championship. It's pretty good. Last year, in 2022, fifth at the Masters, T55 at the PGA, T5 at the US Open, he missed the cut at the Open Championship. He's basically only had two full years of playing major championships as a pro because in 2020, obviously the weird year, he wins the PGA that was late in the year, kind of off the regular season schedule. So I don't know, man. In one, in basically 2021 was his only full strength year where he was at the top of his game and he missed it by one tournament. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's I'm crazy. Fun not to. I'm throwing away money not doing this, aren't I, Nick? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, it. I thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for indulging that. For but sure. now, the floor is yours because you are a left handed golfer and there are eight struggles you have identified. Now, before you get into this, is this something that is the like the most egregious to least egregious, or is this just stream of consciousness? I, I, I actually ordered it. I organized it by like what step it is in the golf journey. Like first you're like getting equipment and then you're mm. practicing and then you're like, you know, looking at your numbers, then you're going to the course, then you're playing your round of golf. So that's how I organized it. Okay. Give me give me a second. I gotta I gotta um I just got a voicemail from Ash. I just gotta make sure that our everybody's healthy. You know what? Let's do this. Let's take a short break. Nick will make sure the family's okay, and we'll come back and hear the list. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity, much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save, too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, 
you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thanks for that. Um, Everyone's just, okay? J- just rescheduling doctor's appointments, apparently. Um, Perfect. Our, yeah, important our, but not life-threatening. <laughs> our lives are exactly the same. Nick had to make sure that his his wife and children were okay. Meanwhile, I've placed $20 on Colin Moore. <laughs> top 10 in all four majors. So that's yeah, we're doing, we're doing the same thing. So, okay. Nick, go ahead. The left-handed floor is yours. Okay. So we're, we're starting this from... Your journey as a golfer. You're a left-handed golfer. All right. I'm going to go get myself some golf clubs. The first instant you realize that I'm a little bit out of place here is getting fit for golf clubs. The concept of, of playing the best clubs for your game is so attainable since there's so many head and shaft combinations and lofts and lies and categories from game improvement irons to to players irons for all this stuff and we have all this data and you can easily just test everything under the sun and find the exact best specs for your game it's so enticing it's why people are so excited to spend thousands of dollars on new equipment every year because they know it's going to help well you lefties us lefties out there don't get so excited i had a guy i had an iron fitting a couple years ago to get some new irons i show up i said what can i test he said, anything you want. I said, that's great. Because here's like eight different things I want to test. Eight different brands. I want to try one length. I want to try the pings. I want to try this, that. Um, oh, we don't have that in left-handed head. We don't have that in a left-handed head. We don't have that in a left-handed head. I finally said like, all right, what can I try? I got to try Callaway Apex irons and these tailor-made M5s that I ended up getting, which which are great. But I could I tested exactly two iron heads in my like dream golf fitting I had been waiting wow. forever for. Do you know, are, are certain places more set up for lefties than others? Or is this just kind of how it is for a left-handed golfer? Well, I, I've been to a bunch of demo days too, where it's same thing. Like the Callaway rep brings like this whole truck full of stuff out there. And your friends are trying, you know, the rogue versus the Maverick, you know, the high launch, the seven wood versus the five wood and this and that. And it's like, yeah, we've got one lefty from like four years ago that's, that's you know, a five wood. And, you know, what did you think? Did you like that? And it's like, well, dude, like it's what one group of people is a la carte, getting whatever they want, fit to their specs. The other group of people is like, here, try this. Best of luck. It, it, exactly. It's, it's, um, so I don't know. I'm sure. The, the more you pay for your fitting, if you go to like a club champion or a true spec, you're probably going to have more options. I've never, I've never done that. Um, the fitting I got was at a, at a golf facility, at a shop, 
um, a course I was I was working with the pro. Part of my like lesson package deal was was a fitting. Turned out to be a dud. Can we back it up a little bit in terms of clubs? Because as difficult as that is, is it even more difficult to find a beginner set? Like, say you're just starting and you want to go to Big Five or Target or whatever and just find the cheapest clubs imaginable to even get going. That's got to be hard, too. Yeah, that is hard. The The advantage there is is twofold. Number one, you're, you're typically not getting fit for your starter set of clubs, right? You're, you're just kind of finding what fits your budget. Um you know, and, and getting what you, what you can get through for a couple of years. Number two, there are so many of those like starter sets out there that you're going to be able to find something whether or not, again, it's the same kind of thing. Like you might not get exactly what you want, but you're going to get something that gets you through. So okay, it's the same thing. Like there's, there's 50 different package sets of beginner clubs and probably five of them <laughs> come in left. You could probably go right. like right now and find five of them that like are for adult men in left-handed. Number okay. two, let's see. Number hear it. two. So we got some clubs. Somehow we rounded up a set of golf clubs. It's time to work on the game. We go to the driving range. Joe, I could tell you exactly how many times I've been to the driving range in the last mm, four years. Since that club fitting, I have been to the driving range one time. The, dri- the driving range is the worst place for left handed golfers. Why? Um, number one, now that driving ranges are more popular since COVID. Driving ranges are just like every bay is full. Right. If you're a left, just the, first of all, the sheer physics of it, right? I'm swinging left-handed, right? You're swinging right-handed. You're behind me. Those things, like go on YouTube, Google like lefty-righty driving range. And there's like this video of a a lefty taking his club back. And like halfway through his downswing, the guy next to him swings and just slices his shaft in half. And he's just like, (laughs) well, now I don't have a driver. Um and even if like that's not happening to you, like that's never, I've never actually, I think I have like touched heads, club heads with the person next to me, but I've never really? lo- lost a golf club. You're always thinking about it. Like if, if all you hear is whap, 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 like this person behind you is just smashing driver, you cannot comfortably like take full swings and work on your game and like actually improve at golf. All you're doing is like, oh my God, like, do I have time to swing before he swings again? Like you're looking over, you're looking over your shoulder. So that part is is miserable. I have to tell you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I never even thought about this. The only thing that I thought about is when me as a righty facing a lefty, perhaps that's a little distracting. But you're saying back to back causes the possibility of like broken clubs. And that and that is so much worse. That's so interesting. It's so distracting. Um, Okay, the second part about going to the driving range is like you're standing on the mats. The mats wear out. Okay. And there are two Bigfoot-sized, like, puddles where, where lefties want to hit their ball off of because, like, every righty and their brother has been hitting off these mats and, like, stomping them down in these ones. So there's, there's no flat spots to hit off of. You're hitting off of just, like, you know, it's like a batter's box. If you've been in a rec softball league, it's like the right-handed batter's box. That's what you're basically trying to hit your golf ball out of. And the last thing on driving range that didn't even make it missed the cut for getting this article, but it's like that our number one annoyance is the first thing you have to do is like take the tray out, scoot it from under the mat, move it to the other side of the mat, yeah. take the tee that's sticking, lifting up the mat. There's like all sorts of worms and mud and shit under there, taking that tee out, shoving it on the other side, which there's never been a tee on that other side. So you're like breaking new ground, trying to shove it in there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so annoying. I just, I just hate driving ranges. I I've, I've got a hitting 
little station thing set up. I wow. can, I can, I can poke some irons in my garage. It's all, it's all I need. Who, who needs to see the ball actually fly through the air? I just don't need, I just can't be worried about all these distractions on the driving range. God, I, I've never even, even considered these things. I mean, sh- of course sure, you haven't. Sure. Sure. Ch- changing. How like, nice that must be. My right-handed privilege is, is out of control. Taking the mat and moving it. Sure. I've done that, you know, cleaning up after a lefty and then Ugh. the face to face, but the back to back that that's fascinating. I've, I've never even considered that. How, how close are people standing to each other in the Northeast? We have some space in the Pacific Northwest I open mean, country out here. Check out a, a I mean, the driving range I went to in Hawaii was the worst because that thing was always packed. There wasn't like open stalls. The first thing you do if you're a lefty and you go to a driving range is you look for the stall all the way on the right corner of the range. If that one's available, you take it. Problem is, it's usually like reserved for lessons and, you know, whatever. You just take what you can get. And if there's, if you're back to back, like there's not much space. Like if, if I'm swinging a club and he's swinging a club, you know, it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so. continue. I'm learning a lot. All right, driving ranges off the table. How about indoor golf? That sounds cool, right? Sure. Yeah. So, Joe, I know you don't. You're not big into indoor golf, but if you walk into any hit indoor... into a screen, I don't get it. Well, if you don't, if you can't go to driving ranges, you got to hit somewhere. Um. So, indoor golf facilities. The, the first one I went to, um, you know, it's this big bay, just like you always see. It's the big bay, the screen, the projector, the track man behind you. And then that track man has to be hooked up to a computer. That computer always has like a big mounted screen. Sometimes these bays won't even have a projector. You just you just have the TV screen that's mounted right there. Of course, it's mounted right where if you're a righty, you, you take your swing and you look straight up and there's the screen, right? So if you're a lefty, of course, you hit your shot. You have to do like a complete 180. I'm not going to actually do it because then you won't hear me. And I know that you'll, you'll freak out, Joe. But you have to do a 180. So look at your screen, or if you want to change clubs, that thing is right behind you. Okay, we can deal with that. But that screen, just like at the driving range, is like always millimeters away from the top of your backswing. And the last thing I want to do is go pay $100 an hour to hit balls in this track, man. And then the first time I swing a driver, smash the TV that's behind me. So when I, whenever I see that, it's instantly irons only. I've been to three of these facilities two of them I won't even pull a driver one of them the thing was far enough away that it was it was not an issue but again even if you're probably not gonna hit it if you know that it's a possibility it's all you can think about Joe it's like when you're standing under a tree and you, you like take like 15 practice back swings to see if you're gonna hit any branches on the way and like even though in those practice swings you you maybe didn't really hit too many branches when you actually take the real thing you're like Am I going to hit a branch? It's like that on every swing. Sounds like a horrible experience and even more reason not to go to the simulator. I understand why you're just pounding balls in your little bay at home. This is what you've been relegated to. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right, number four. Okay. Those other things I I get, right? Like it's not cost effective for golf club equipment manufacturers to make – the same number of lefty clubs as righties, right? Like 
driving ranges, like, what are you going to do? People stand where they stand. If the, if the mat wears out, it wears out. Like, you're not going to sacrifice bays to give lefties spaces. I wish they would do lefty-only spaces. Whatever. I get those things. This and thing, for reference, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but for yeah. reference, 5 to 7% of golfers in North America are lefties. Yeah, that's a, that's a big percentage. This thing is so avoidable. Nobody benefits by discriminating lefties, yet it's the industry standard. All golf instruction that is in print, that is in video, that is documented, that is not one-on-one Justin Smoot and you standing on the driving range, assumes every golfer is right-handed. And it's so easy to give dexterity-neutral, non-discriminatory, non-discriminatory golf instruction. Hey, use your, your glove hand, your, your trail leg, your lead shoulder. Nope, nobody does that. It's always your left hand, your right leg, your front, your, your, your left shoulder, whatever it is. It's like now, whenever I am consuming any type of golf instruction, I'm reversing left and right. And then when I'm driving to the grocery store with my wife and she tells me to turn right and I turn left and she's screaming at me, you wonder why. How much does it bother you? I always think this when they do slow motion of golfer swings oftentimes, I wouldn't, I won't say oftentimes, but on occasion they would take Phil Mickelson and flip the screen to make him a righty so that more people would understand Phil Mickelson's swing. And I always think to myself, it's unbelievable that you have a left-handed golfer who wins with frequency, even more unbelievable. He's probably one of the 10 best golfers ever. Here's an opportunity to show lefties what they should be doing with one of the most fluid, unique, powerful swings in the history of the game. And then they flip it to make it righty. <laughs> That's going to be infuriating. It is. It is. It is. But again, like there's no regard for left-handed golfers. We're living in a right-handers world and, you know, we better shut up and get out of the way. How do you think your wife's going to react to this episode? Uh, she'll probably say I'm being a prima donna, <laughs> that I'm, I'm true dramatic. I should just get over it. Um, Coach Ash, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Number five. This one, I didn't even realize I was being discriminated against until I started learning more about golf course architecture. Mm. Golf courses are designed for right-handed players. Okay. That's not to say that every shot favors righties. So I've been reading some Tom Doak. I've been reading more about some of the most famous golf course architects their philosophies. An architect's job is basically to craft a cocktail that will give the golfer the a blend of challenge and fun and opportunity, okay? And that is not a one-to-one ratio, right? It's not like one part difficulty, one part opportunity, one part fun. No, it's like, it's probably like a two-to-one, right? Like you need to have double the amount of short par fours and like birdie holes as you do like grueling, I, I hate golf, whatever par fives or difficult holes, okay? So where they put the ideal lines, where they put the the trouble, the hazards, the dog legs, all those things factor into how a golf course turns out. And it's all based on the right-handed golfer whose typical miss is towards their dexterity, right? So if I'm a lefty, the traditional miss is in the direction of your dexterity. I, I would slice, I would miss left. Right-handed golfers would would missed to the right. So if you think about it from that perspective, start going back and and replaying in your head some of the courses that you're familiar with, 
and you'll start to figure out, oh yeah, this is this is kind of a hidden way to give righties the advantage. So what you're saying is, is that most golf courses are set up to benefit a right-handed player who hits the ball left to right. Yes. That's the big criticism with Jack Nicholas courses is that if you were to take sort of the mean of all golf courses and say, generally speaking, it favors someone who hits a, a fade as a right-handed golfer. The thing with Jack Nicholas courses are, is that because he is known for hitting a power fade, all of his courses are predominantly a power fade golf course. Now, one could argue that if a right-handed golfer who predominantly hits a right-to-left shot is at a disadvantage, and if you were a lefty who played a draw more than a slice, you would be at an advantage. So perhaps yeah. it is incumbent upon you to turn that ball over. Of course. Ultimately, getting the ball in the hole is my responsibility, Joe. Thank you for pointing that out. With my inferior equipment, I'll do the best I can. And in my inferior instruction, yes, I let, let's no problem though. I'll be, I'm beating okay. balls in my garage, and, and if if only I could see my ball flight, I would know which way I am shaping the ball. Now, look, I'm not going to be tough on you because we've gone 160 <laughs> something episodes without doing this. But I, I, I will point out, it's you're not using persimmon clubs here. You still have pretty good technology in the clubs that you have. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Fair Number enough. six. How was your last club fitting? Number six. <laughs> so many options. <laughs> Please, no more. I'm tired. Okay. This. You, you've already broken this rule once today. Mm. Like the, the banter, it's not even banter, but the things that your playing partners who you may have only known for five minutes feel emblazoned to say to, to left-handed golfers, the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard on a golf course, particularly after hitting an unsatisfying shot. If you shouldn't be standing on the wrong side of the ball. Well, this is just a Rorschach test for humans. I mean, this isn't if, if 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 people say this to strangers, they're just assholes. I've yes. never said this to a person in my life, even if it's, thank you. I, I've never said this to you, like on the no. golf course, especially after hitting a bad shot. Like, have some manners out there. Seriously, it, it's happened to me no less than twelve times from twelve wow. different random people. Oh, your clubs are facing the wrong direction. You know, it's all like, strangers. Yes, I, I, I if you ever. If you ever have the urge to say that to a left-handed golfer, just don't. Just just keep your mouth shut. I will tell you, I will not even give you a courtesy laugh. I will look up. I'll, like I don't really have like a, a like a terrible like death stare, but I will I will give you some sort of look to to let you know that like man, I am a piece of shit for saying that, and I will not apologize. I love it. Yeah. Work on your resting bitch face. Just look in the mirror and be yeah. prepared to do that when you come to Idaho in June. I will. I will. Because I'm sure I'm sure some dumbass at the Corner Club Open will say that to me. Do you except remember not, the except I won't be hitting any bad shots. Nikki. Because as you know, I've figured it out. Well, of course. Yeah, I figured it out. But Nikki, do you remember the year when I still had my old irons? It was one of the first <laughs> times we played, and we were at Palouse Ridge. And I was striping the ball pretty well that day. And the dickhead we're playing with grabs clubs out of my bag, starts looking at him and goes, I can't believe you're doing this with these clubs. This he said, is I remember exactly what he said. He said, what are these rentals? <laughs> I hate that guy. The guy I had never met before said that. Looks oh, like my bag. Oh my God. You know what? They were rentals and you know what? We still beat his ass. I digress. All right. We're almost done, Joe. Two more. Okay. This is great. Again, this, this one. It's not, 
it's not your fault, righties. Really, at the beginning, it's not your fault. Like, saying stupid shit to me is your fault. Don't do that. Like, parking the cart on the wrong side of my golf ball, oh. it's annoying. You, you, you are just programmed to do that. I get it. If you ever are a lefty and you ride in a cart with a righty, it's guaranteed to happen three times per side. They're going to park right where you need to be standing. And so you get out, you pull your club, you kind of start like looking at the shot and like wondering, like, are they going to move the cart? Of course, they're not going to because they're oblivious. So you have to kind of look and like, hey, man, like you're kind of parked right where I was going to stand to take my shot. And like, they'll move the cart. It's no big deal. But like once it's the fifth and sixth and seventh time it happens in a round of golf, it's just like, oh, my God, like I'm just I'm just trying to break 90. And (laughs) I got to ask you every single time if you can move the cart so I can hit my shot. It's just so annoying. This is just spatial awareness. This is just more broadly people being aware of their surroundings, understanding how to interact with different people, showing a little empathy, and understanding that what you have to do is a little bit outside of the norm. This is just a broader version of that. Yes, but nobody has that awareness when they're on the golf court. All they're thinking about is themselves. No, these are the same people who park their cart in the middle of a grocery store aisle. They don't acknowledge other people. They're just totally oblivious to anything going on around them. All right, last one. It's oh. just it's just an awkward situation for being a lefty. It's nobody's fault. Um, when you have a glove on, and then like for some reason you have to shake somebody's hand. So like the the number one scenario is you're on the tee box, you're on the first tee or any tee box, and the starter puts somebody with you, or the you pair up with the group in front or behind. You're ready to tee off. You've got your glove on, and then you're like, "Hey, I'm Nick," and you're like, "Do I give you a?" a glove handshake with my right hand. Cause my glove goes in my right hand. Do I like take it off and give you like this clammy handshake? Cause it's 90 degrees and my hands all sweaty. Cause I just had a glove in it. Do I hold my left hand? And then I, you're in this awkward situation. I've just pulled the alpha move on you or I like, what do you do? Like, it's just, it's just weird and uncomfortable. Fortunately, I don't like shaking people's hands. So I just give them the glove handshake and it's like even better for me. I didn't have to touch your hand. A fist bump also works in that situation, but it still gives you, if you're not prepared and you're a lefty, like this moment of like WTF, like I've got a glove on my hand and now I'm supposed to do this thing that like is, is everybody is accustomed to doing and I'm going to mess it up. I think the gloved hand is fine. This is, this is the one opportunity for you to have an advantage in the golf course. You didn't have to touch this. I didn't get get COVID on the first tee. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I think you leave it on, but this brings me to an interesting question at the end of a round. Whether or not you're fist bumping or shaking hands, do you take the hat off? I, I always take the hat off, yeah. I do too. I think it's a touch of class. Some people are like, oh, you don't have to do it. I just think it's a classy thing to do. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if if like the other person didn't do it. But Same. yeah, I just think it's I just think it's nice. Yeah, it's I think so I too. Do. Also, I love this one. Keep keep the gloved hand on, man. No okay. no reason to get that out. You know what? You know what I'll do? Is I'll start putting on the eighteenth with my glove on. Oh. I love it. Nick has a putt for 79 from four feet out, and he leaves his glove on and misses it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lexi Thompson. If it works for her, does it work for her? That could be argued. Renowned expert putter in clutch situations, Lexi Thompson. <laughs> um, so those are the eight. That's the eight. I love this list. If I may, give the people some context. Are you a lefty in all walks of life? Yes, every everything I do. So I'm not a Phil Mickelson where it's like, oh, I'm a righty, but I, I just decided to learn how to start playing golf left-handed. No, like I can't 
take a bite of my mac and cheese with my right hand. Like everything is left-handed, right, throw, play golf, you name it. Everything's left-handed my whole life. Who else is in your family is a lefty? Are you all lefties? My my father is a lefty, and my son Gavin's a lefty. Is he really? Yeah, he is. That's got to be so exciting. He, it's awesome. Ashley hates it, but he swings his golf club left-handed. He learned how to play t-ball in the backyard last weekend Ugh. and hit, hit balls off of, off of this like three-foot-tall cone for an hour. Every single one was a lefty swing. So uh, yeah, we got we're, we're we're grooming a lefty. The only he's the gonna only get lefty. my hand me down clubs. It's great. Yeah, this is this is actually perfect. I lo- <laughs> I love it. Um, I'll move on. But my granddad on my mom's side, my mom has uh, five brothers and sisters. They're all righties, but granddad played as a lefty, and so all six of them are lefty golfers. Every single one of them, even though they're all right handed, it's actually pretty hilarious. That's awesome. She she has the same problem. The clubs down. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. Yep. He, he passed all of his, and he was one of those tinkerers before it was like in vogue in the garage. So he has like all these weird homemade clubs that they all use. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. I love it. Well, Nick, I'm so happy that you were able to get that off of your chest. Do you feel better? I actually feel worse. If I'm going to be honest, because I had never collected all these thoughts together in the same place at the same time. Uh-huh. But now that I have, and I've already thought of some more things. Like I feel like I'm just going to be looking out for ways I'm at a disadvantage, and I'm just going to be like become more and more of a of a grumpy left-handed golfer as I oh, enter my my. You know, I'm getting close to my 40s. I, I think I think it could be a downward spiral. I think I need to put this in the closet, put it away, and just kind of forget about it for a while. I don't want to be that guy. Okay, well, you got it off your chest. We have yeah. identified one good thing. You don't have to touch people's disgusting hands. Yeah. On the first tee. So why don't we try to find more positives in the next edition? Maybe that'll be this. yeah. Maybe that'll be the next one. Yeah, six years from now when we do edition two, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we'll do. Uh, okay, it is time for our Mad Golfer of the Week. It's brought to you by Piper Golf. Patrons, folks in Japan, are you looking for extra distance off the tee? Want to straighten out that slice or hook? Are you shooting in the 90s or the 100s? Then, my friend, the Piper Green Golf Ball is for you. Get four boxes of the Piper Green for less than 90 bucks. That's right. Four boxes, less than $90 on Piper.golf. Make sure you use the promo code TURN10 at checkout for maximum savings. In fact, you can use that promo code TURN10 for 10% off any of their merchandise at Piper.golf. We're talking hats, shirts, and of course, a wide variety of golf balls. Make sure you stock up for the season using promo code TURN10 at checkout at Piper.golf. That's promo code TURN10. Nick, you mentioned that you're going to be in the negative Fahrenheit this weekend. Let us go to the Mm. desert. TPC Scottsdale, the stadium course. Kind of the unofficial kickoff of this elevated PGA Tour season. All the big boys are in town at the Phoenix Open. Carter N. did not have a good time at TPC Scottsdale. He is our mad golfer of the week. Quote, Tea time was 3.10 p.m., knowing it is too dark after 7.40 p.m. By the time we hit the third hole, we were the third group waiting on the tea box. At the turn, we stopped at the halfway house. They had only snacks, which was fine. Asked for a bag of pretzels, and she stated, quote, These are the best ones. Okay, she stated the bag was $8. $8? I said, no thanks. She said, okay, they are only $3. What? 
she smears, not joking with me. I found this very concerning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, okay, Carter. That that sucks. Like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, this price gouging. It's kind of a savage move by the halfway house attendant. Yeah. To just, like, tax people $5 for buying a pack of pretzels. Um, I don't know whose side I'm on here. Because she probably has to deal with, like, the most obnoxious people for, like, oh, yeah. six straight hours. That's probably no fun. So she probably gets a little bit of satisfaction in stealing from them. Totally. I certainly don't condone stealing. So um, I guess I'm on the fence on this one. Also, a bag of pretzels is a snack halfway through a round of golf. Uh, you know, pretzels are okay. I think they're a little below average. But get a bag of chips. Get, get, give me some Doritos or Fritos or something. Pretzels? Eh. Yeah. Back to Carter. Hold on. No, I'm not back to Carter. Okay, go ahead. Why does she feel confident enough to just all of a sudden admit that she was trying to steal $5? Immediately. And so, yeah. Well, will you just be like, well, I guess you're not buying pretzels. Like, nah, I was just trying to steal $5 off of you. They're actually only $3. <laughs> yeah. What, I get a lot why of, is that your reaction? I mean, to your point, it is probably a lot of rich businessmen and dipshit college kids that are down the road at ASU. So I understand all of that. Um, or U of A. I don't know which one's closer. I know there's a lot of dipshit college kids in Arizona that flock to this golf course. So, yes, she's probably at her wit's end, but to try to gouge people, I mean, $8 for a shitty bag of Snyder's, like, come on. It's terrible. Snyder's not a sponsor of this podcast. Okay, back to Carter. Proceed to 10 tee box. Not kidding. Our group was 13 to 16 golfers waiting. We called the shop again, and a pro came out. I had three guests from out of town that we knew would not be able to experience 16, 17, 18. No solutions offered, and mine were all rejected. Okay. I would love to know what his solutions were, Joe. <laughs> They're not included in this, but I would love Tell to know. Tell those dipshits to get the hell out of here. All right, back to Carter. Quote, he said there was four groups part of a bachelor party in front of us. Yikes. We played 16 in somewhat darkness, 17, 18 total darkness. We finished at 8 p.m. Very disappointed at the lack of empathy. Almost more concerned about the con artist at the snack shop. Snack was capitalized. Yeah, con Connie yeah. at the snack shop is, is, is definitely very concerning. Um, Carter, you're a little bit concerning, too. You're teeing off on one of the country's most prestigious bucket list courses at 3.10 p.m. knowing it's going to be too dark to play at 7.40 p.m. when the premier stretch of holes is the last three holes, the darkest holes you're going to play in. That's on you, buddy. You finished at 8 p.m. Sounds like it was less than a five-hour round. Yeah, that, that which sounds is pretty, pretty much what I would bank on if I'm playing a course that's known as the biggest party course on the PGA Tour in the middle of one of the biggest college partying hubs in the country. What do you expect? Yeah, that's exactly right. And even had a bachelor party in front of you, and you were still able to get – so let, let, let's just recount. You you had a, a, a fight with someone at the halfway house. You had a bachelor party in front of you. A pro came out and tried to resolve the situation, and you still got this all done in less than five hours? I think you actually made out pretty good, Carter, and yeah. you were able to get away from the grifter and not get overcharged <laughs> for pretzels, so I think it's a pretty good day. Yeah, you know what? Next time, forget about saving the $25 with the twilight tea time and just get something where you know you're going to finish in the daylight. And that is your mad golfer of the week. Now, Nick, I don't see anything in the rundown, but I have to assume... That it is time for Nick Roll 
Bills, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. That promo code is good on any purchase, 20% off at matchstickgolf.com. It is time for, for Nick Rules, and we're going to head back to nickrules.org. And it's just an informational um, heads up here on this one. Uh, it's no context with what we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes. Great. Um, this is just what you can and can't do in a bunker. Um, okay, because the rules have changed. People can be confused. I don't want anybody hitting the course and start calling their buddies out for penalties that aren't really penalties. So under rules 12.2A and 12.2B, the player is allowed to touch or move loose impediments in a bunker and is generally allowed to touch the sand with a hand or club. But a limited prohibition continues so that the player must not deliberately touch the sand in a bunker with a hand or club or rake or other object to test the condition of the sand or to learn information for the stroke or to touch the sand in a bunker with a club in making a practice swing, grounding the club right in front of or behind the ball and making a backstring for the stroke. So basically, you walk in the bunker, you can put your club down, you can touch the sand to pick up things. You can't test the sand is kind of the, the differentiator there. Seems to be a pretty big gray area, I would say. Like, if I had a buddy who was pissed and, because I, of course, would never do this, so no. I'm saying one of my buddies. Say, say you're, like, right in front of a bunker, you thin a ball into the bunker, and you walk into the bunker and you're still in your emotions of getting pissed and you take a big like swing. That's not like a practice swing, but you still clip the sand in that swing. You're not technically taking a practice swing, but you are testing the sand, but you aren't. But you are. It's 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 very true. Right. Because if you're touching the sand with your hand or your club for any reason other than to test it. You're still going to learn information that's going yes. to help you for the stroke. It's like being a wine tester, right, and swallowing the wine. And you're like, well, my intention wasn't to get drunk. Well, you're still driving drunk, so the, the rule is broken, right? Like, well, I was touching the sand with my club, but I wasn't intending, you know, I was doing it for, like, all these other reasons. Of course, it's unavoidable that that information is going to help you. To be clear, never use the spit bucket when you're tasting wine. It's already in your mouth. Just swallow it. Just complete the action. You're going to enjoy it. Wow. Okay. So I'm in a bunker. I can lay my club down. I can do snow angels. I just can't glean any information intentionally. Exactly. You better have a good reason for doing those snow angels. And that is Nick Rules. Theme song still pending. My God, buddy. We're almost halfway through February. Posting season starts in a couple weeks in Oregon. I'm really gearing up. The dates have been released for the Oregon Mid-Amateur Qualifier. Mm. Very excited about when that. Is, when is that for you? It's mid-April, so I'll be getting in my last few practice rounds with you in Rhode Island. So oh, That'll be super productive. Full, tur full tournament mode. I'll know how I can shoot with four really cheap beers in my body. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. All you lefties out there, if 5% of the golfers are left-handed. That means what, 5% of our audience is left-handed too? Presumably. Thank you so much, we appreciate you. This is just for the lefties this week. I'm Lacey Evans, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.